0: Who it is? It's my favorite haunting. That's who it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Episode 54. It is 54. I'm Ames. I'm Mel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have a new president. We have, you know, it's so beautiful to see competent leadership now. It's like such a refreshing 180. It's beautiful. (laughs) So beautiful. You know, we had to go through, you know. A literal fucking insurrection to get there. But we made it. Uh, everybody wear a mask. Yay! So that's our big news. Um, yeah, I'm excited. First of all, they have dogs. And they're looking at getting a cat. So. <laughs> well, they're already my favorite first family. <laughs> I think. Are they going to be the first ones to have a cat? I'm not mm, sure no. anyone's had a cat in there before. They must have. There must have been a cat in there before. Oh. Oh the Clintons had a tuxedo cat
1: oh that's right
0: I didn't know that the only thing I knew about them was uh, Bill played saxophone and got a blowjob from an intern <laughs> <laughs> that's their legacy in my mind but the Bidens have two German Shepherds and they're so beautiful I love German Shepherds I want one they're so pretty Champ and Major Oh, <laughs> I know
1: I love
0: them I'm like, your pets say a lot about you, and, you know, if you don't like animals and you keep a sterile house, I mean, are you human? <laughs> or are you an evil murder bot? <laughs>
1: hmm. Evil murder bot?
0: Yeah, I think it's I'll evil murder bot. I'm going to go with evil murder bot, capable of <laughs> killing almost half a million Americans. Anyway, moving
1: on. Hey! Hey! Uh, Speaking of cats, how are your cats? Anything new to report for them? (laughs) Not my particular cats, but a cat has moved under my house. Oh
0: my god, under the house in the crawl space? Yeah. Do you know anything about this cat? Is it a boy or a girl? Do
1: you know their sign? I don't know (laughs) if it's a male or female, but it has five toes on at least one paw. (gasps) Because I saw its prints. I love polydactyls! Oh my god! Their paws are so huge. I love them. It's you, a brown and black tabby. Oh. And it's small, kind of like my cats are tiny. Mhm. Like more like pumpkin sized, like really small. But is it's it is also an outdoor cat, so I don't know. I don't know where it lives, if it lives anywhere or if oh, it's just wild. It lives under your house. <laughs> have you year. gotten
0: Have you gotten that first run
1: check yet? Did 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 it leave a deposit? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I have not seen any deposits.
0: No, that's probably a good thing. You don't want to step in those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, that's funny. Aw, I love polydactyls. Uh, we talked about it before on an earlier episode, but I cut it for time. But Henry has the diabetes. Mm. And, yeah, he's, he's doing okay with it. He's... He doesn't fight me as much anymore when I have to stab him with a needle. Uh, <laughs> he, and he actually, when I had to, he, so we check his blood sugar weekly. And when I went to do it, um, this week, he actually just like laid there and took it. He was like, yeah, whatever. He was just so resigned and like, I feel bad. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Lay back and take it. Like I don't need any <laughs> more like bite marks or claw marks or anything on me. So, but, um, yeah. And then, oh my gosh, these birdie memes. <laughs> That's the important part of of the, of what has come from this uh, new president being sworn in is the birdie memes. That's like really the ultimate. Uh... <laughs> so I treated myself to Photoshop for Christmas. It was on sale, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, someone's going to need to take that shit away from me. <laughs> This is what I've been doing. I'm sorry, you guys. This is why you don't have t-shirts, because I'm sitting here making Bernie memes. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I'm kind of proud of some of them. Some of them are kind of like, meh. Some of them are really, like, I finished, and I'm like, holy shit, I made this? This is fucking great. And then I sit there and just, like, giggle the entire time that I'm, like, making them. Like, I'm sitting there, like, erasing backgrounds and, like, moving things and cutting things. And, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, like, wahaha, Bernie, those mittens.
1: That, that one you did, um, with the group with us in it, yeah. with him in the back, yeah. like, the lighting and everything was, like, spot on. It looked like he was si- sitting right behind us. I know! That was lucky. That's because
0: the, the sun must have just been at the same angle in both photos.
1: <laughs> hmm Hey, were we gonna talk about ghosts today? Yes. I don't know. I guess we could. Specifically, ghosts in Portland, Oregon. Okay. Right. Yeah.
0: This was not planned. This is hilarious <laughs> that we both did Portland. Not yes. just we both did Oregon. We both did Portland. That's mm-hmm. fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> and they were two different things. Like, two very different things. Yes. I did not look at your email. I just
0: saw the uh, the subject line. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: of course, I am here for
1: surprises. So, I did the Pittock Mansion. In Portland, Oregon. And I'll give you a little bit of history on um, Mr. Patak first, because... I um, really thought you were
0: about to say Pataki. And I was like, where do I know that name? And I was like, oh my god, he was our governor (laughs) like 30 years ago.
1: (laughs) In 1834... Henry Louis Pitock was born in London, and then his family moved to Pennsylvania. And then at the age of 19, he and his brother set out west. They were like, heard all the stories of adventurers and stuff heading west, and like, we're going to do that too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going on a ghost adventure. That's still like my favorite like fan yes, art meme that, that, that I have ever that one was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Brittany, for providing that amazing... Uh, Work of
1: art. I, like, every time I come across it, I giggle again. Yeah. Like, this is just so great. In 1853, he finally arrived in the Oregon Territory, and he found work as a typesetter for the Oregonian, a weekly newspaper in Portland.
0: I'm sorry, I came across that paper a a bunch (laughs) of times in
1: my research,
0: and uh, newspapers.com apparently has changed their uh, subscription options. And the overall subscription that I have apparently is no longer for uh, all the newspapers. I have to, like, certain newspapers are grouped into different subscriptions, so I'd have to get, like, four different subscriptions to cover every newspaper that yeah, they so it's, have.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was annoyed. <laughs> In 1860, he married Georgiana Martin Burton, and the couple would eventually have five children. I'm glad it's not the 18... 18- Hundreds anymore. That was, he was 26 and she was 14. Of course. But um, they seem to have a happy life together, though, so I guess that's okay?
0: I mean, well, you did live a lot uh, a lot not as long back then. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> that's a 12-year age gap. I've dated a guy 15 years older than me. Yeah. I was 21 at the time though, so that's still a little bit different. Yeah,
1: not I'm just saying had Ophelia in the night, yeah whenever century. I come across these like young brides I think back to what we were doing at that age like where we were and how we thought and stuff and I'm like
0: we were having sleepovers in my basement writing <laughs> x-files fanfiction.
1: <laughs> yeah that's what we were doing like getting married <laughs> and having kids at that young and like just like the people we knew yeah, and awful. like I wouldn't have wanted to marry any of the guys we knew at that time, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like I think back on it, I'm like yeah, I'm okay with where I am.
0: I mean, 14-year-old me would have absolutely no, married well, David Dukovic Murphy. Well, <laughs> <Herbie. laughs>
1: yes, that wouldn't have been the wisest choice, though. <laughs> It's a little different. No,
0: it, it would not have been a wise decision. My parents would not have signed off on that. Um, apparently child marriages are still a thing They're It's not legal, but it's like in, um, in some like tightly mm-hmm. knit communities, they'll do this. They like, or they'll like, they'll promise, you can't see the, mm-hmm. the finger quotes I'm, I'm making, but they promise they're, they're usually a daughter, um. To a uh, to some yeah. to whoever to her her husband, and then you know they get the dowry, and you know even if she's a kid, and then it's not legal till she's eighteen or sixteen or whatever the age with yeah. uh, parental consent, because you can marry younger if you have parental mm-hmm. uh, permission. So that's it's still a thing. It's not like the norm yeah. anymore by any means, but um, yeah, I've been seeing recently uh, like petitions and stuff to get um to get more like focus on it to to get mm-hmm. to get rid of it to to stop it
1: i mean at that age you don't know who you are really and like
0: but i mean back then too like you lived your the life span. the average lifespan back then was so much shorter than it is so like that's a, a holdover from you know when people only lived to like mm-hmm. 22 and then you were old and then you died because a saber-toothed <laughs> tiger ate you so, yeah. you, you know, like, it, it's about, repro- like, reproduction, um, yeah. continuing the species. And, you know, the younger you start her, the more kids she can have. Yeah. So bullshit. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, and definitely it's still prevalent in that. other parts of the world as well. On that happy note, so he
1: married his 14-year-old bride and they had five kids. In 1861, he was given ownership of the Oregonian as compensation for his remaining unpaid salary. So the, the previous owner just, like, gave him room and board and, like, didn't really pay him much. Even though he, like, was getting higher and higher and was taking over more responsibilities in the paper. So the other guy, like, he had another job opportunity, so he went off somewhere else. He's like, here, take this, you can have the paper for your unpaid salary, but you need to assume the paper's financial obligations. He was like, sure, let me have that.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's like a free investment, essentially, right? Like, there's potential to make a profit. Which he did.
1: Yeah, so over the years, he turned the paper around, making it a daily and surpassing the competition in Portland. So he was, like, it was the top paper, and it's still in business today as... Ames just said, you know, she came across copies of it.
0: Sure did.
1: Uh, Later, Henry's business interests grew to include investments in Portland banks, real estate, transportation, logging, lumber, and paper mills. And he became very rich. And by 1909, he began construction on his 46-room home that he planned to retire to with his wife. Fuck
0: (laughs) off. I feel like a Bernie Sanders meme is coming his way. 46 rooms. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. What are you going to do with 46? I don't even know 46 people to invite over. I mean, the
1: rooms include bathrooms and kitchens and things, but like, still big.
0: Are there like seven and three quarters (laughs) bathrooms?
1: I don't know, but there's like a pie shaped bathroom, (laughs) like a pie wedge. (laughs) Well, when i was when I was doing the research for this, it was a little confusing about how many rooms there were, but I think forty six is closer to accurate than the other numbers because the other numbers were like twenty two and twenty three. And then I searched up the floor plan of the house and and it, it only Shut it up. only showed the first and second <laughs> floor. But with the first and second floor, there were, I counted them. There were twenty eight rooms just in those two floors. And I know there's a third floor, and there has to be a basement. Does there? Well, I mean, I know there's a basement because some of the pictures I've seen, like, it's, like, kind of on a hill. So, like, there's another floor. You can see windows and stuff on the half of the hill part where it's underground on one side. So I was going
0: to say, I don't think basements are are very common out on the West Coast.
1: Okay, so there doesn't have to be, but I'm pretty sure there is one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: that's why I... Would... No, well,
0: that makes sense, but the way you said it, I was like, what do you mean there has to be a basement?
1: You don't even have a well, basement. Well, my house is special. Yeah, so it's a very, very large house, and it's on sits on 46 acres. 46 rooms
0: on 46
1: acres. <laughs> yes. What the fuck do you do with 46 acres? I think most of it's wooded, because I think there's hiking trails and stuff on it now. That's amazing. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: That is what I would do with 46 acres, yes. <laughs> exactly I would two of those acres would be a pool (laughs) that's a huge pool I'm assuming you're gonna that's like my entire that's my entire property now (laughs) to have like a pool the size of my entire property would be amazing maybe I should just make a lake or a pond and I'm
1: assuming you're gonna have a pool boy to um service your pool of course it's gonna be Chris Evans
0: (laughs) we'll work out a price (laughs) figure it out
1: it's fine if you look, if you look at a Google map thing of the house, like, and you zoom out, you can see the 46 acres because it's, like, nothing. And then all around it, you can see all the, like, the little houses and, and stuff. That. Construction took over four years to complete, and it had every modern amenity possible at the time. It had a central vacuum system, intercoms, electric lighting, an elevator, and a walk-in refrigerator.
0: Those things all sound very hazardous for me. I
1: could never live there. (laughs) I would fall down the
0: elevator shaft and then lock myself in the (laughs) walk-in fridge.
1: Well, hopefully it had an emergency exit button handle thing on the inside.
0: All I'm thinking of right now is The Shining.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that one did not. It did Mm. not. That
0: was the 70s when things were a lot less safe. (laughs) Not like the era when this mansion was built. (laughs) Sarcasm, you guys, because <laughs> I said something dumb <laughs> and realized it as the words were leaving my mouth. Okay. Uh, Listen, stop giggling. People don't like that. Well, don't be happy. Be miserable.
1: <laughs> this is just the history, and you know what? Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, By 1914, it was completed, and eight members of the Pittock's extended family moved in with Henry and Georgiana. So um, their daughter, Kate, and her husband moved into the South Wing. Their youngest daughter, Lucy, and her husband, their two girls, had the West Wing, and that is where their son, Peter, was later born. The West Wing is forbidden! (laughs) You must never go there. But POTUS works there.
0: I know, I wasn't sure, do I go Beauty and the Beast or do I go West Wing? Like, I, this, this has <laughs> avenues. This has
1: choices. Georgiana also took in her two orphaned teenage nieces, and that helped fill up the rest of the house. So, like, when I was first researching this, I'm like, that's a really big house for just the two of them. And then I found out that, yeah. like, they had a lot of their family move in there with them, so they needed that room. <laughs> So that was nice, that they had family and stuff. It's a compound. (laughs) It's
0: like a total, like, familial compound. That's how cults start.
1: Yeah. I hope not. No cults on this property. So in June... 1918 Georgiana at the age of 72 died from complications of an earlier stroke Uh and then just months later in January 1919 Henry at 84 got sick with the flu and died a few days later and I'm wondering the time is right if he got the Spanish flu nothing specified if it was the Spanish flu they just like he got sick at work and then he went home and then a few days later he died that sucks yeah The Pittuck family remained in residence at the mansion until 1958 when Peter, the grandson that was born there, and another relative moved out and tried selling the property. So this guy, Peter, lived there his entire life, like 40-some years. Wow. Yeah, it was 40-something. I can't remember exactly. I think it was like 46 or 48 years old, they said he was when he moved out. But yeah.
0: The longest I have ever lived anywhere uh, was less than 10 years. Wow. Because we moved, when I was born, my, we were in an apartment, and then we moved into a house. And then when I was nine, we moved into another house. And then when I was 18, I moved out. Yeah.
1: Yep, the longest I've ever lived anywhere is the house I'm living in now, Mm-hmm. which is, oh, 16 years now, I think, a little bit more. And then in 1962, the Columbus Day storm caused extensive damage and the owners considered demolishing the building. Hearing developers were interested in the property, the community raised $75,000 to help restore and purchase the mansion. And that Columbus Day storm, I swear that you, you mentioned something about that. And something that you did, I can't even remember. It's where there was like a shipwreck off the coast. Remember which, what the actual haunting was? <laughs> was it St. Helens?
0: I think I did like the town of St. Helens, which is uh, not far from yes, Portland.
1: Because they, they did mention they could see St. Helens from this property. Because they had a... Uh...
0: I mean, I don't know why you're asking me to remember anything beyond yesterday. <laughs> I, I just
1: remember, <laughs> um, it's like, it like the Columbus Day storm, like it was like really bad. And I remember you saying something about the shipwreck was like washed away after it and there was hardly any thing left. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> I do remember that, Bailey. I know there was like a, that like the... That whole, like, that port area, like, there was a big fire that came through mm-hmm. there. There was a whole bunch of stuff that happened there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reference our earlier episodes for that
1: one. I don't know what number it was. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that I came across that again.
0: It's like we're just living in a big old small town. <laughs> in
1: 1964, the city of Portland officially purchased the estate and spent 15 months restoring it. And in 1965, wow. it opened to the public.
0: I need to know what schedule they were on. Like, what was their method? Because I've been restoring this house for, you know, almost six years. And it's nowhere near ready to be open to the public. <laughs> well, um... Not that it ever will be, but uh, that's not my... End. That was a, it was a joke. They
1: had, like, $200,000 to uh, work with, too. To... Per-
0: Oh, I feel like that was probably helpful. Where do I get $200,000?
1: To to purchase it and restore it and stuff. Yeah, they had a...
0: This is where I dropped my Cash App uh, handle, right? So I can get $200,000 to... I'm kidding. I don't have Cash App. Then in
1: 1974, it was added to the National Register of Historic Places. Uh, So this property was also used in several films and a couple of tv shows most of it was films that i came across of. and one thing was something from another country that i i was it was a tv show but it was i didn't understand what they were saying i didn't understand it <laughs> what it was so i just left that one off but first love from 1970 was filmed here starring susan day and william Cat. Unhinged, 1982. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a very bad slasher film. It was banned in several countries.
0: <laughs> because it was so bad?
1: Mm. Or it was
0: bloody and gory and
1: violent? I'm pretty sure gory and violent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Haunting of Sarah Hardy. This one I think I've heard of. It, w- it starred um, Celia Ward. I think I might have even I might have watched this, this. cuz it was a made for TV movie and it oh, sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't think I have. Body of Evidence from 1993 starring William Defoe and Madonna.
0: I've not seen that one but I have heard of it and I have seen other things starring William Defoe and Madonna though separately, <laughs> not together.
1: <laughs> Green Goblin perhaps? <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yes! <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> And Dick
1: Tracy. (laughs) The mansion was also the finish line for the 13th season of The Amazing Race. Nice. And a book series, the kingdom or land in this series, is based on the mansion and the surrounding woods. It's called Wildwood Chronicles. And that's all for the history of the mansion. So not much happened between the deaths of Henry and Georgiana and... uh, today (laughs) pretty much not anything like bad or terrible ghosty yeah because this is called the happiest haunted house in america
0: oh my god i love that (laughs) it's like
1: disneyland for ghosts (laughs) yeah so nothing like bad or spooky or anything goes on here it's just you know well We'll get to that. <laughs> so we'll get to that in the hauntings. You can move on to the hauntings here. So there are three entities that are specified as being there. Henry, Georgiana, and their head groundkeeper. So these are the, the ones that people um, I don't I don't wanna say no for sure, but they're like the best guess for most of the activity. The Keeper of Keys
0: and Grounds at Pittock Mansion.
1: Exactly. That's all I <laughs> thought about every time I read that. <laughs> Immediately in my head as soon as you said it. Okay, so there's, of course, footsteps throughout the mansion that have been heard. Boots walking without legs have been seen. What the fuck? <laughs> That was
0: interesting. <laughs> there, no... You seen Roger Rabbit, right? Who who raise your hand if you haven't seen Roger Rabbit? Have you seen? Roger I have Rabbit? seen
1: Roger Rabbit. It's been quite a while. Okay, but I have
0: seen it. At the beginning, when they're at the first crime scene with the safe dropped on the guy, and they the judge shows up with the dip and all the shoes because somebody knocks over a crate and all the shoes bust loose, and there's a pair of actually now that I'm thinking about it, it's it's pretty awful because it's they look like Nazi boots and they're definitely like
1: goose stepping. Mm-hmm. But (laughs) there's this pair of black boots that are just, like, marching. Uh Like, I just thought (laughs) of that. (laughs) There's the sudden and unmistakable smell of roses filling a room that has no flowers in it. And this is thought to be Georgiana because uh, roses were her lifelong love. And she started the Portland Rose Society and is considered the founder of the Portland Rose Festival and there's sounds of heavy boots walking around the yard, and they come into a side door, and that specifically is thought to be the groundskeeper.
0: How do you hear boots in the yard?
1: I don't know. I don't...
0: Like, if I'm outside sitting on the ground, I can feel if somebody, like, is walking up to me or running around nearby because of the vibrations, but I don't... Well, you know what, though? The cats hear deer walk through the yard from, like, dozens of yards mm-hmm. away. So, I guess it I guess.
1: Well, there's a bit of patio space around the mansion in different locations, so I don't know if it's like partly on Okay, that makes grass sense.
0: grass. That's what I thought at first, but then I was like, no, but she said yard.
1: I don't know. That's what they said. I I I can't like mind read their internet post. <laughs>
0: well, maybe you should. Have you thought of that? No, you only think of yourself.
1: I know. I'm so selfish. <laughs> <laughs> So the windows shut by themselves and latch and then reopen on their own. I mean, make up your mind. (laughs) Um, And, like, when I read about the windows opening, shutting, like, there was... It was phrased differently uh, on different accounts that I read for this place. And then I looked at pictures. They are the kind of windows that you open up and you push out. So... Okay.
0: So it's possible maybe... The holder thingy is weak and just collapses?
1: Well, I'm thinking, like, if it's been opened, like, if staff opened it, and then people are walking through, and then it shuts by itself, and doesn't necessarily latch, and then it wind, like, opens it back up. Yeah. But latching itself, that's a different thing, because the latches, like, you have to pull it in and, like, push down, I think, on the latches. Are they, like, the
0: ones... On my back porch.
1: Um. No, these ones, the hinges are on the sides. Like, yours are on the top, right? Yeah. Okay, so they open out sideways. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Because I was definitely picturing, like, mine, and I'm like. Because then I was thinking, well, that makes sense. Like, if the hinge is weak or something, then it just, like, gravity will take over. But sideways, Mm -hmm. that's a different thing. Yeah, like, that would have to be, like, wind or something.
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking about that, but then latching by itself and then reopening after it was latched, that yeah, would be a little different.
0: That's <laughs> the other thing I was going to say. If there were anything like my windows, that's not a thing that happens ever. So, like, <laughs> uh, like, on its own, that doesn't, that's not real. That's a person or a ghost
1: or something. <laughs> yes. Something. It's something. Yes, yeah, so I guess it kind of depends on how it's actually moving. You have to observe it for yourself to see. A portrait of Henry as a boy is seen... Well, I don't know if it's seen moving, but it's definitely discovered in different places from where it belongs throughout the match. And So I don't know if anyone's actually, like, saw it floating around, but, like, it's supposed to be in one place and, like, staff find it in different, different locations, different rooms.
0: I don't know. I mean...
1: That sounds like something that I would do just to fuck with somebody. <laughs> that might be, but I mean, yeah, it could be a a couple of the accounts said they think it's Georgiana like putting it somewhere else where she thinks it looks better. Mm-hmm. Many visitors have felt an unseen presence escorting them around the mansion like a good host would do, so they think this is Henry, you know, this is the parlor, this is the kitchen, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Hank. (laughs) And tour guides have reported seeing ghosts upon entering the building for the morning's business. They, not specifically which ones, I don't know if they were very distinct, but they've seen something. (laughs) And Georgiana and Henry have appeared to several visitors. They seem happy and content every time. Aww. Yay. An older woman has been seen floating at different locations in the mansion. Uh, One visitor claims she saw a reflection of an older woman in the glass of a painting in one of the rooms. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's,
0: like, my, like, I hate that, like, when they do that in, like, horror movies. Oh, yeah. Like, you close the medicine cabinet and someone's behind you, or, you know, (laughs) you're bent over the sink and then look up and there's someone just there. Nope. Nope. Not a fan. Not a fan of that. (laughs)
1: An apparition of an old woman has been seen in the basement, keeping visitors company. And we have just a few uh, personal accounts to go over. So one is, um, I'll just read exactly what the person posted. During a behind-the-scenes tour of Pittock Mansion, I had an unseen entity, a child, I guess, based on height, shove right past my right shoulder and the wall. I felt it through three layers of clothing, including a leather jacket. This was in the child's bedroom area of the mansion, where the hallway is a little bit narrower. This represents the first time that I have had an actual encounter with the paranormal.
0: I mean, that's rude. Who's raising that kid? (laughs) Nobody now, because... I just made myself sad, but... (laughs) That's rude.
1: Some paranormal investigators have been here... And they captured some things. One paranormal investigator claims to have captured an EVP of a man saying, I'm heading back. Another claimed to have captured a friendly female voice saying, hello. A female employee says that one night she was closing up and she had turned off all the lights in the mansion. And then she was uh, going to lock up. She went to the front door, turned around, and all the lights were back on. No!
0: (laughs) That's also rude. (laughs) It's just bad manners.
1: (laughs) A tourist said that while looking at photographs in the basement, she felt a presence behind her. When she turned around, she saw an elderly woman who instantly vanished. That's creepy. And that is it for the Hittok Mansion. Yes.
0: Good job. Which is... The happiest haunted house on earth.
1: Aww. Yes, and it, it... is open, I think, right now, but they do have COVID restrictions in place. Of course, yeah.
0: Wear a mask. And really, if you don't have to go, don't go. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. Stay home, stay safe. But go visit after the pandemic is unpandemic. Unpandemic. <laughs> Dispandemic. Pandemic. I know endemic is something else but doesn't that sound like it would be like the end of a pandemic? <laughs> We're in the endemic now. It's ended. <laughs> yeah. So, I also did Portland, completely by a happy accident.
1: <laughs>
0: this this has been it's been in my list for a bit and several people have suggested it, but I did the Shanghai Tunnels in Portland, Oregon. Mm. Uh, they actually, the real name of them, uh, it's, it's actually called the old Portland underground, uh, mm. is the proper name because Shanghai tunnels, I mean, it sounds a little bit racist, but they're named for the act of Shanghaiing. Ah, yes. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. So anyways, these tunnels, uh. Similar to when we did the, when when I did the Sealback Hotel in uh, Louisville, they have uh, a similar tunnel system. So the whole purpose is to connect uh, businesses, like basements of businesses, bars, mm-hmm. restaurants, hotels, uh, to the waterfront. So that when they get shipments, they don't have to navigate street level, like traffic and people and all the things that you find on the street. <laughs> Uh, So they would uh, bring everything through the tunnels. It makes it a little bit easier to get stuff in and out. Uh, Yeah. So apparently it's a a super uh, intricate, complicated system. The history of this is a little bit checkered, but they are mostly built under what used to be the old Chinatown area. And they connect to, and I told myself like five different times, I set a reminder call Jody and ask her how to pronounce this because I know I said it one way in her presence. So our friend Jody, she lives outside of Portland. Uh, so I know that I said it one way and she laughed and she's like, no. And she said it <laughs> another way. And I can't mm-hmm. remember which way was which. <laughs> it's either the Willamette River or the Willamette River. I think it's uh-huh. Willamette. I think, because I think... I thought that at first, and I was like, "That doesn't sound right. It must be Willamette." And she laughed, and she's like, "It's Willamette," but I could be wrong. See, now that is something that, yeah, okay, that's going to have a certain pronunciation, and I don't know what it is, but I just disclaimed it, so whatever. Willamette, um, damn it, Willamette. <laughs> See, there you go, perfect. I just, I mean, that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, the, so the tunnels all connect to the the port there. So. In, like, 1850, which is, uh, about when we think that these tunnels were, like, early in use, um, the Portland Port, the Port of Portland, Mm -hmm. which itself is named for a port, right? (laughs) Portland. land of port. So, anyway, uh, it was one of the, uh, largest ports in the world and also the most dangerous. Um... Because it was so big and overcrowded, and we had these tunnels, uh, which that's a that's going to be a debatable uh, history point. I'll get to in a, another second. You had shanghaiing going on. So, what is shanghaiing? Uh, the act of shanghaiing somebody is a, a sh- usually it was like a, a ship's captain who needed men.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: wh- he, they had they had uh, agreements with business owners, like bar owners, madams, they would, they'd go out, um, there'd be young men, strapping young men out doing their thing, drinking, picking up women, looking for prostitutes, whatever it is that they're doing. And the captain would see somebody that they liked. They would mark them with a signal that the bartender just going with the bar scene for a minute, the bartender would recognize and they would, they'd be like in a cahoots. So they'd like either drug their drink or, uh, you know, get one of the prostitutes to go over to try to seduce them a little bit. So one way or another, the guy would be rendered unconscious and wake up on a ship in the middle of the ocean the next day. And they would be faced with a choice either you are here illegally, and you're a stowaway, and I'm going to throw you overboard, or you sign this paperwork, and now you are indentured to me forever. Wow. Yeah, so wow. that was shanghaiing, uh, and it wasn't just sailors; like the prostitutes, like some of those were victims of shanghaiing as well. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know, women would be kidnapped off the street and you know sold into sex slavery. So lots of seedy. Icky things going on. So Shanghaiing itself, the act of Shanghaiing, is a real thing that went on commonly in that area. Where the controversy comes in is whether the tunnels actually played a part in it. It's pretty hotly debated. The website for the Portland Historical Society had a section on the tunnels, and the guy that wrote it, like seemed really upset. About like the possibility or the thought of the tunnels having been used in the act of shanghaiing, mm-hmm. He, uh, <laughs> like to the extent that one of the, his sentences, it sounded like it. I had to read the article through twice because it sounded like he was saying the tunnels didn't actually exist. One of the sentences he wrote was the alleged tunnels run underneath the streets. And I'm like, what do you mean alleged tunnels? They are, in fact, tunnels. The tunnels aren't <laughs> alleged. They do, yeah. in fact, exist. They're, the, the tunnels are not up for debate. The tunnels are real. So I don't know if that's poor writing or he really is trying to say maybe those tunnels don't exist. They were, they were built in 1960 for the purpose of perpetuating this horrible <laughs> rumor about Shanghai and... But there are, like, in doing the research for this, it is pretty hotly debated whether or not the tunnels were actually used. They say that there's no evidence to indicate that they were, but I have to think miles and miles of tunnels. And now that we found out that there's like new levels that we didn't know about underneath, like, it sounds so complex. It's like a maze. And the fact that they do lead out right onto the waterfront um, for shipping purposes, I can't, even if you didn't use the tunnels. For the mm-hmm. sole purpose of kidnapping people, I have to think that yeah. they were used to smuggle them out, you know? Like, okay, great, you kidnapped somebody topside, and then stored them somewhere until it was time to, like, smuggle them out to the, the port under the cover of night, and then, yeah, by all means, drag them through the tunnels, they're, you know, mm-hmm. hidden over, that's like the perfect cover. No one's gonna see you in the middle of the night if no one's down there, you know, if they're deserted. Um I haven't been to these tunnels. I have been to the ones in Seattle. I think okay. they're kind of similar. Um, in fact, I wanted to cover the ones in Seattle, but uh, there was only really one good like haunting story. I don't, it, it wasn't enough mm-hmm. to make an episode out of it. The tunnels today, so they're, they're curated by Michael Jones. He seems like a cool guy. He's got a rad hat. That he wears, that he kind of mm. makes him almost look like Slash. The guitar, mm-hmm. the, with the big top hat, the rock star. Anyway. <laughs> so, he's been curating this for a while. I watched an episode of Ghost Adventures. You know that's my favorite. And he they interviewed him. And that was from back in, like, 2012. And then in 2020, I watched an episode of Portals to Hell, which was a fun one. the first time watching that show. And I liked it. And so that was 2020. And he's still, like, this is still his thing. This is still his gig. So... He's all in on it, and he, like, went on our tour, and he's like, you know, we have dead drops, and they start... He starts his tour out at this mm-hmm. bar restaurant called Hobo's, <laughs> which I want to go to just for the name. Uh, they have a, like, a boarded up, uh, a, what's called a dead drop, so it's basically a trap door. So, earlier when I mentioned, like, they'd have, like, a prostitute come and, like, sedu- try to seduce the guy and, like, lure him somewhere, and they would either they could bring him down to like the prostitute rooms that were down in the tunnels and then ambush him there. Or she would bring him, like lure him over to like a certain portion of the bar that Mm -hmm. the bartender had a lever. So once the victim was in place, he'd hit the lever, the floor would drop out. The guy would just drop down into the tunnel below. Somebody was waiting to grab him and, (laughs) you know, like make off of them. Um, and then they supposedly would hold them in cells, uh, until they were ready to go. And we do see some of these things, but like, so the dead drop thing, just to err on the side of like devil's advocate, that could be, there Mm -hmm. could have been stairs there at one point and it was just a quick access to the basement. It could have been used or like a ladder or something you bring, you store your, your supply down there and when you need to refill just hop down the ladder or toss up some bottles or whatever and then as far as the cells go but the cells that they have set up so now they're in the process of kind of like renovate i guess renovating all the tunnels would be the but they're like setting them up you know how some of these haunted places they'll they'll set them up with like Mm -hmm. how it would have looked back in its heyday so i think so some of these cells like Supposed cells that they have set up these little rooms. It looks like maybe they have been "quote unquote" restored, as in like, oh, it looks like there was a room here once. Let's rebuild it. Oh, look, it could be a cell, and then we'll just <laughs> like throw like a lock yeah. on a door, and now it's a cell. Barney Bla- Blalock, Blalock. It's a those L's are throwing me, man. But he's a Portland historian, and he wrote an entire book about Shanghai mm-hmm. called "The Oregon Shanghaiers. Um, as well as a very lengthy blog post that outlined 14 reasons why the tunnels <laughs> were not used for Shanghai. So he says in his research, back in 1933, in the Oregonian, 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 uh, that paper, <laughs> that famous paper that your boy owned, there was an eight day series that ran back in 1933. Uh, Which I tried to read, but newspapers.com, hi. Uh, You know, allegedly it was all, and I say allegedly because I can't, I don't have access, so I don't know what it actually says. But he says it it was an 8-day series that was all about Shanghaiing, but the tunnels weren't mentioned at all. But if it was going on in 1850, how could you, like, that's Mm -hmm. what I was saying, how could you disprove? You can't disprove.
1: Even if there were rooms down there that weren't necessarily cells, they could be storage for different businesses. If they have a lock on the door, they can lock someone in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I'm
0: like, I don't you know what? Yeah. I don't the fact I don't know. I don't know. But it makes a lot of sense and there definitely were, you know, back in the day, they were not used for, I mean, their intent was originally that that Mm -hmm. was their purpose to bring goods back and forth, uh, from the waterfront to the businesses. Um, but it's just so easy to, to hide Mm -hmm. down there. You're, you're invisible. You are out of the public eye. And when you have that anonymity, it's so much easier to do all the shady shit, you know, um, there definitely were. There were gambling dens. There were opium dens. The prostitution—that stuff all definitely happened down there too. So mm-hmm. it's like you already have this seedy underground. I mean, why not just add in human trafficking? The uh, the historical experts say no. Um, I say, mm-hmm. how can you possibly know that? So this guy postures that the myth about the tunnels being used for tra- the human trafficking. He attributes it to a story series in. Uh, your Guys newspaper that ran in 1962, which then in turn inspired the Tunnel Tours, which started to spring up in the 70s. And then the urban legend just spread from there. Another thing, though, this guy, Michael Jones, that, you know, runs this, he in there. So as they're like doing renovations, so they're excavating and um, doing like archaeological little digs and You know, Mm -hmm. they're finding stuff and he, they, well, I don't know if he specifically, but they, his crew found all these old boots that had been like bare and they're like all covered in like dust and stuff. And what he says happened: they would, uh, trap the men and then take their shoes and then line the floor surrounding them with broken glass. So if they tried to run away, they'd cut their feet. And then, if they did get away, they could, they weren't going far, and they could mm-hmm. uh, follow the blood trails. Oh. Um, yeah. So, I mean, either that, or they just found all these shoes, and this was the story they came up with. I mean, who knows? We weren't there. <laughs> we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, after looking into, like, the ghosts and stuff, I, I'm inclined to think that it did actually happen down there. Like, they did use uh, this area specifically for this, but... Another problem is that, for now, uh, most of that tunnel system is inaccessible due to safety reasons. Much of it has mm-hmm. collapsed in on itself. So, and I mean, I feel like as they dig out more, we'll find more things. We'll find out more things. Which is fascinating to me. It's like, a little ghost hunter Indiana Jones <laughs> kind of thing going on. It's like the best of my two favorite worlds. Indiana Jones Ghost Hunter oh my god I I would watch that movie oh and similar also to uh, the Louisville tunnels is that um, the uh, when there were like the gambling dens and the opium dens and the brothels and the gang activity and all that stuff going on there were like the trap doors and and the like, secret stairways and little secret passageways for quick getaways for when the either the police would raid them or rival gangs would uh attack mm-hmm. uh what else do we have here michael jones uh, had a, also had a story about he so he it looks like nina but he said nina so I'm not sure, I don't know about that one. I'm going to go with him though, because he's the one telling the story. So uh, Nina was, as the story goes, was kidnapped and sold into prostitution. Missionaries in the area, uh, somehow they, they came across each other. They befriended her and they promised that they, w- they wanted to help her. So they were like, we'll help you like get out of this. Just, you know, like tell us your story. Tell us like what happened and everything And she did, and so they're like, okay, we have to go to the cops. And so they took her to the police station so she could tell them her story. So, of course, all the cops were dirty and in on Mm -hmm. it. So apparently this went all the way to the top. Like, everybody, like the the Portland government, everybody was was profiting off of all of this because everybody was getting paid off. So the following night, she, uh, of course, was... There was an elevator shaft. It's not there anymore, but, uh, like, the skeleton of it is. Like, you can see where it mm-hmm. was. So she was thrown down the elevator shaft down to the tunnels, and she she died. That's my history. The history is so debated that there's really nothing, and there's no concrete. Like, construction started in this year, and they started being... Uh, used for their purpose in the earliest year I could find of the mention was 1850. But they, I mean, how long did that take to build? They would have had to have already been there for a while. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Oh, and the other thing that this guy, like mentioned as like part of his, like to support his, uh, his stance on Shanghai and the tunnels was that for part of the year, the river, uh, overflows and the tunnels would have been flooded. But, okay, but then that means they weren't used for anything, right? Because if they're that flooded that you can't drag an unconscious human, then you can't bring goods through, right? So, I don't know. Uh, What do you guys think? Weigh in! (laughs) Were the tunnels (laughs) used for Shanghai? Is it just a fun, fascinating story? Uh, So let's get into the hauntings. And this is, like, where it sold me. (laughs) So first are just our general you know, are generic things that go on down there. So Michael Jones, he personally has been scratched and he has seen apparitions down there, like full-bodied apparitions um, Mm -hmm. and shadows. Commonly, people feel they get goosebumps and the feeling of being watched. Mm. Uh, I will say you're underground and essentially in a dark, creepy, cold basement. It could be from that. There's no airflow down there, though. That is important to note. There's no airflow that goes through there. There's no random breezes. But you're underground. You're in a basement. Of course, it's going to be cold and feel creepy and all that. Tunnel explorers uh, came across the spirit of an Asian man. They named him Sam. (laughs) Everyone blames him for turning the lights off in the connected basements. Hmm. Mischievous Sammy. Don't call him that. I called him that. That's not... Sam is his name. Well, probably not even though, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, a tour guide tells a story of having been leading a tour down through the tunnels and hearing the name Sam being called out. And I think this was, so they do historical tours and they do ghost tours. I think this was just a historical tour, which apparently they get a lot of things happen on the historical tours. <laughs> so, you know, if you're not looking to have a ghost encounter, you might not have a choice. I'll take the historic tour. It's safe. Mm, mm, mm. Girl? No. Um, <laughs> or boy? No. Uh, so this tour guide w- was leading a tour through the tunnels, and they the whole group heard the name Sam being called out repeatedly from in front of them. Nobody else was down there. They do, like, one tour at a time, and it's not like you can just go through, which mm-hmm. is kind of a shame because, I mean, for, like— efficiency like I don't want to wait to cross the street I'll just go underground I'll go under the street (laughs) uh but it's not like that um it's guided tours you have to be with a tour guide and the like the entrances are all like locked and blocked off and everything so nobody else was down there the whole group heard this and Mm -hmm. apparently the tourists were freaked out by it. The guy, I don't have a name for the tour guide, but he claims it was one of the scariest things he has experienced in his entire life. I'm not going to judge because I don't know his life. I don't know his experience. But dude, just hearing the name being called out freaked you out like that? Woof. <laughs> <laughs> this, this might not be the job for you. <laughs> you might want to look into other employment options. I don't know if he's still
1: running tours
0: there or not. There is one tour guide that had like a really freaky thing happen. She's still there. We'll get down to her in a minute. And apparently, trickster spirits are the most common down there, and they're just like in for good fun. They like to pull shirt tails and uh, playfully and lightly tug on hair. Like they won't yank your hair, but like just walk by and kind of give your hair a little tug. Hmm. Like, hey, I'm here. Just let you know, I'm here. Most spirits are considered friendly, but some people have experienced feelings of being watched and definitely, um, being unwelcome. Like that, that ominous foreboding, mm-hmm. like I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. One man heard a quote unquote childlike whistling right before he was suddenly thrown to the ground. Ooh. He got up and looked around to see who had thrown him down, but
1: no one was there. No
0: one was there. <laughs> And then I made a note about Old Town Pizza, because I was going to do a separate story on Old Town Pizza, which is this um, really good, kind of famous pizza place in Portland. Mm -hmm. But I think she's the only story associated with them is Nina. Uh, So she, so Nina's the one, she went down the elevator shaft, so she uh, is said to be down in the tunnels and also in Old Town Pizza,
1: Hmm. the pizza shop.
0: And I'm wondering if it's the one I went to, I think it is... The original, I think. That was a fun night. I, I didn't end up... They have a gluten-free crust, but they only had real cheese. But I was so drunk and hungry, I didn't care, and it didn't end up mattering because it was right back out, like, five minutes later, so... yeah, oh, nice. I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aside from the, uh, <laughs> the violent nausea associated with drinking too much at, at a Comic-Con after party, because... Hmm. Of course, I had to nerd that up. I couldn't just be cool for like two minutes. (laughs) I blame Sebastian Stan for that one because (laughs) it's not really his fault. It's my own fault that I don't know how to talk to people like a normal person and embarrass myself and then go to the after party and drink too much. (laughs) I'll blame his beautiful eyes. How's that? (laughs) His eyes flustered me. I didn't know his eyes were gray. I thought they were blue until I was six inches away from him. And then I was like, oh, shit, your eyes are fucking gorgeous. And, you know, that (laughs) doesn't do any good to anybody because we don't know each other. (laughs) Hi, can you just sign my picture? Thanks, bye. I'll never be in your presence again. I'm just going to (laughs) go dig a hole and live there for the rest of my life. Anyway, so Ghost Adventures was there in 2012. You can watch this episode on Travel Channel. They uh, started at Hobo's. They also spoke with a couple of uh, local paranormal investigators. So I looked these guys up and I couldn't, like I found websites, but I couldn't find anything that detailed their investigations. So I don't have anything other than what they told Ghost Adventures. Okay. Bob Chamberlain, he is uh, with Northwestern Paranormal Investigations. He had a brick thrown at him. Ooh. Ooh. So he was on the crew that found the boots. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there like investigating, like he was like working to yeah. uh dig out the tunnels. And they found the boots and they were in the process of like, you know, pulling them out and what do we have here? And a brick it missed him, but it 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 flew at him. Wow. Of its of its own accord. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Duncan is with Spirits and Paranormal and So she took the cameras through and showed off down in the tunnels. There are 13 wind chimes hanging around the tunnels. But as I said before, there's no airflow. There's Mm -hmm. no breezes. There's no... It's stagnant. So there's no reason for wind chimes to go off. Like, go off? wind chimes go off? (laughs) Ring. (laughs) Swing? (laughs) Move? Yeah, whatever wind chimes do. There's no reason for them to chime in the wind because there's no wind. And yet they do. Mm. (laughs) Every now and then, just a little... A little chiming. While earthquake-proofing the building, so again, this was back in 2012, that's when they found the two additional levels of tunnels beneath the one that they already had. Mm, Already had? Already knew about? Does anybody have a tunnel? (laughs) Down in the tunnels, Zach doing an EVP. Um, And he's got the ghost box. So the ghost box, just to refresh real quick, that's the thing that spits out the white noise. It, it, It cycles through radio frequencies or channels or whatever like super fast you can adjust the speed on it It goes faster or slower um but it it spits out all that white noise that's in between the stations and so if you're hearing words come through that you're going too fast to pick anything up from like a broadcast so when you hear voices or words or anything come through a, a ghost box or a spirit box it's not a radio broadcast so it, it typically the belief would be that it's, it's a paranormal communication. I don't want to say that it's always that because nothing is ever always one thing. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, except the ocean will always be wavy. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. What is life? I don't know. So Zach asked for Nina to communicate. And then the ghost box like immediately spits back a, where are you? Followed by he's mine. And then He fell. All, all in women's voices, and then uh, shortly following this, Zach looks up and he sees, um, or says he sees. We don't see it; it's like off camera. But he looks up and he sees a lady standing over by uh, the prostitution dens hmm. inside one of the little prostitution rooms. Uh, they call them crib rooms. The ghost box gives them a "What do I do?" followed by "Let's get naked." <laughs>
1: I guess that's what you do. Also both females.
0: I mean, I can see it, though. Like, you know, the dude is there, like, ready to go, and the girl's like, all right, what do you want me to do? What do I do? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then maybe it's somebody else or another customer or something, and then she's just like, all right, let's get naked.
1: (laughs) Down to business. So matter of fact. (laughs) Yeah, let's get naked. I mean,
0: it's a business, right? Yeah. So it's work. So, yeah, I just... (laughs) <laughs> so then zach asked what were you doing when you got Shanghai?" and a man answered i was wasted <laughs> they also it's also a kind of important to note they only got these responses like as responses there were no you know like sometimes there will be like a, every now and then like a random like something will pop out unbidden mm-hmm. but uh, they were only getting these in response to questions that they asked. They didn't get any like random, uh, words or voices or anything coming out. It was all just, nothing was unprompted. It was all just like, they asked a question, they got an answer, wow. which I mean, I feel like that's kind of significant. Yeah. During the investigation, Zach also saw, and viewers can hear, a door rattling in its frame. And they couldn't debunk it. They tried. They went in there. They thought maybe they'd see like an animal or somebody inside that room. They they went in. It was empty. It was just like some chairs, like storage. Uh, there was nobody. There was nothing alive in there. And again, there's no airflow. But just to be safe, they taped up like a piece of paper mm-hmm. right over the doorway so that if it was like an errant breeze coming from somewhere, if it's gonna rattle the door, it's gonna sh- it's gonna like wave the paper. Mm-hmm. And then they blocked the door with like a board so that it wouldn't just open. And then later on they heard the rattling again and the door like shakes, Mm -hmm. but the paper does not move. Mm -hmm. So it's not the wind. Yeah. (laughs) So then after they did that, like after they're they're closing the door back up and they're watching it, then they hear footsteps like kind of like around the corner down like another, um, I almost said alleyway, (laughs) down another tunnel, Mm -hmm. walkway, whatever. When they go to to look to see if somebody's walking around over there, so they have a shadow detector set up, and I fucking want one. <laughs> <laughs> they had a shadow detector set up down at the other end, and then at the end they were at there was a camera, a static cam set up to record the shadow detector. They go to look, the shadow detector, the alarm was going off. Obviously nobody's over there because no one's ever there when when you look. So then they cut to like the camera, the camera that was on it, they cut to like that feed. Mm-hmm. And they like backed it up or whatever to see like what caused it to go off. And there's this like, Zach called it like a white mist. It looks like a flashlight beam, uh-huh. but really weak. Okay. Like still white, but like really faint.
1: Mm-hmm. And it
0: kind of, cause and I say that, I don't like that he says mist because mist, when you say mist, I picture like, fog right like it's yeah. kind of it doesn't really take a form it just kind of floats this looked like it had it was a pretty straight line okay so that's why i was like it kind of looks like a flashlight beam but like really faint but not like it's dying so it's turning yellow like it's still white mm-hmm. and it kind of just slowly sweeps across part of the screen and then disappears hmm and then that's when the alarm went off and then they did also catch an orb you know how I feel about orbs. Yeah. Um, those of you listening, if you don't know, uh, I, I don't trust them for the most part. They're, like, in my entire experience of doing paranormal things, I think there have maybe been, like, three orbs that I've been like, yeah, okay, I can buy it. Yeah. Because <laughs> usually it's dust or bugs or whatever. But they he did do a good job of going back and pointing out, like, no, this is an example of dust. This is an example of a bug. Mm -hmm. This is what we caught. Because there was, it was very, it is very dusty down there. It's dirt, you know, it's (laughs) cold, it's dirt. But there's, you know, you definitely can see the dust uh, clouds and moats and whatever else that they're called um, (laughs) throughout. And then there's this one that's like, it doesn't move like a bug and it doesn't look like dust. And it's okay. just kind of its own. It's not like the dust that we see. They're kind of. It's like kind of in clouds because mm-hmm. um, it's so dirty down there. This is like all on its own, and it's just one circle, and it's kind of big, and it just kind of does this. It floats, and then it just kind of disappears.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's, I mean, something. And that was over by that door that kept rattling. <laughs> so maybe it was that was who was rattling the door. Uh, so that's all for Ghost Adventures. And then Portals to Hell, you guys, I don't know if anyone else is watching this. I know it's been, I think it's in its second season now. It's the one with Jack Osborne. Have oh, you heard of this okay. one,
1: now? Yeah, I've, I knew he was doing one. I didn't remember what it was called.
0: Same. I heard the news about it when it was, like, in development. Like, they hadn't started it yet, and they were just kind of like, oh, Jack Osborne's signed. He's going to be a paranormal investigator now. He signed on to do this show, I never saw an episode of it because like, I never heard of it after that initial, like, this is happening. Cool. Yeah. I remember the Osborne show, watching them. Cool. Uh, but I, I never heard anything else about it and I completely, it just left my mind. Um, <laughs> until, <laughs> until this month when I was doing research. But I enjoyed it. I started watching a second episode and then I got distracted with Henry's insulin injection and... Uh, and then dinner, and then I went on to something else and forgot about it. But it's in my watch list now, so <laughs> <laughs> I recommend. But it's also on Travel Channel, and it also has Ka- Katrina Weidman. I think it's Weidman, maybe Weedman, but that sounds like Weedman. And I don't, I don't see her delivering weed, so <laughs> I think it's wide. But anyways, from a Paranormal Lockdown, and she'd a paranormal state as well. I covered a couple of of different uh, stories. That I used uh, Paranormal Lockdown as a source. The mm-hmm. Dandy House. Remember the Dandy House? Yes. I, that was her. So it's these two. And they're they're so fun together. I like them. <laughs> but so they had, they actually, they split up. So they did this in March of, well, it aired in March of 2020. So it's pre-pandemic when everything was still open and functioning and no one's wearing masks. And remember those days? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 2020, so they had excavated a bit more of the tunnels. So there's so much more to the tunnels now. They had to split up. And go into two different sections. Okay. Jack went down into the 6th Avenue section, which that entrance is on side of um, Harvey's Comedy Club. And Katrina went to the, okay, it looks like Couch Street, <laughs> like couch, like a sofa. Yeah. But Jack kept saying Cooch Street. Hmm. So I don't know if it's actually pronounced, this is another thing I should have called Jodi. and am like, okay, Willamette or Willamette. and couch or cooch but he kept saying cooch and I'm like I don't know is that your accent is that how you pronounce that word and see here we circling back to pronunciation (laughs) proper pronunciation like is that I don't know and I didn't hear anybody else say it he's the only one that I heard say that name out loud No. so I don't know
1: (laughs) I don't know and just googling it's not going to get you the right in. Answer either because it'll just say couch.
0: You know what? I probably should just call up. They're closed, but I bet somebody would answer the phone to the mm-hmm. tunnels, the tunnel, the tour company, whatever. Like they're closed for COVID, but I bet someone's gonna answer that phone. Just be like, "Hey, Michael Jones, is it couch or cooch?" Inquiring minds <laughs> need to know. <laughs> and he'd be like what cooch sounds dirty i know it does because coochie here that means you're you hoo-ha <laughs> so <laughs> is, does it doesn't mean the same you know what? the variances between here and england mm-hmm. a cigarette over there is a terrible awful word here that we don't say
1: yeah and then biscuits or, isn't cookies, like, or cookies or biscuits <laughs> the other chips are
0: french fries Yeah, there's like all these, so it's like, well, is that even the same, does, does Coochie mean the same thing over there that it is? I don't know. (laughs) And for those of you already complaining that I don't know these things because I didn't do my research, you can go fuck yourself. And would this podcast be half as fun to listen to if we didn't pose these questions? Now I just gave you something to think about. You're welcome. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and sometimes when we do our research, these questions don't come up. It's when we talk to each other that the, we get these questions, too. Exactly.
0: Like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> to be fair, I did have the, the couch cooch uh, debate with myself. Well, yeah. Um, but I kind of figured the same thing that you just said. Like, is, what, is, what is that search going to yield me? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, couch. Unless you're from this region, then it's Cooch. If you're from this region, it's Kawuka. <laughs> Let's just be glad I didn't say it like that, I think. <laughs> so Jack went with Michael Jones uh, down into the Sixth Avenue section, and then Katrina went over to the Couch Street. I'm gonna say Couch. Uh, and she met up with another tour guide, Haley. Um, and this entrance isn't inside a business. It's just this gi- big giant metal like gate <laughs> that's built into a wall. And then you open it up and go down. So Haley is the one who had a crazy experience, um, but did not run away screaming and still uh, leads the tours. <laughs> <laughs> or at least as of March 2020, she's still leading tours. We're going to start out with Haley's going to tell us about well, I'm going to tell you about Haley telling me about mysterious Billy Smith. Hmm. So apparently back in the late 19th century, like 1890s, boxing was illegal. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was, I was surprised I didn't know that. Not that I know anything about boxing at all, except we punch the shit out of each other above the belt.
1: Float like a butterfly, and, sting like a bee. <laughs> oh Yeah.
0: Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I am Muhammad Ali. This made me LMAO uh, very loudly, though. Um, And I scared the cats. They jumped up and ran away because I made a sudden noise. Oh, my God. You breathed. Ah, I must run away. So boxing was illegal. So, of course, what do we do down in the tunnels? Everything that is illegal. Yep. And, of course, it's like, you know... People beating the shit out of each other. Everyone's down there drinking, gambling, I'm sure. So, like, I can see why they outlawed it because it's going to encourage all these other behaviors as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny to me. Like, boxing? illegal. okay. Yeah, so they had this illegal, literally underground boxing club going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, mysterious Billy Smith he was a regular and his signature move was to bite off opponent's ears.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> so uh we know who inspired Mike Tyson. So that wasn't an original move but but although this guy mysterious Billy Smith it sounds like the, his signature move like that was a habit. Like if you're going to fight him you better like do something to protect your ears cuz he's mm-hmm. going to take that shit right off your head as opposed to Mike Tyson who did it once and he he was you know, very upset. So Billy Smith, he bit uh, opponents' ears off. Not bit them, bit them off. So today, one of the reported experiences is being in that area where the boxing ring was and feeling um, kind of like a nibbling on an ear.
1: Oh, God, no. Oh, no, thank you. Which, yeah, I'm like,
0: I don't know that that's better. It's He's not biting it off, but like nibbling, like... I don't, maybe because that, to me, that's such an intimate kind of act, (laughs) you know, like who nibble, like I've had boyfriends nibble my ears and it's cool, but I'm like, I don't know, man, if I'm in a a basement and some stranger that I don't know and can't see because he's a ghost starts nibbling on my ear, I'm probably (laughs) going to lose my shit. (laughs) That's a pretty intense, because my first reaction would be like, who is this rapist behind me? I'm going to stab him in the throat, and then I would turn around, and no one will be there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. So anyway, so that happens, and then next nearby that, I think actually the, when they were excavating the boxing room, so either in that same room or like the a room off of it, like directly adjacent, Haley had been doing uh, some excavating down there, so she's like digging. And she went to take a break.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so she sets the shovel down. She goes, has her break, gets water or whatever, chills, comes back to work. The shovel is not only standing straight up, it's hovering three inches off the ground. Oh my. It hovered there for, like, just long enough for her to be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then it dropped down and, and fell over. And, but she's still there, I guess. I, so these types of things, I guess, have happened to other tour guides and they, like, immediately quit. Hmm. They're just like, nope. And then she's like, yep, I'm still here. Okay, so then we went into the crib room. The The claim there is lots of shadows being reported, sometimes cold spots. So, like, moving shadows, like, shadow figures moving around and mm-hmm. then the cold spots. Haley also says that there are sounds of banging and yelling like men locked in cells begging to be let out. Mm. So that's the Couch Street Tunnels. And then over in the 6th Avenue Tunnels, Jack's in there doing his initial like uh, thing. And uh, the EMF is going off. Couldn't find a reason for it. And Jack was down there with, so he's down there with Michael Jones, the curator. And then he's got like two producers with him, Hannah and Austin, I think is the guy's name. They're trying to figure out why the EMF is going off because there's like nothing down there that he wasn't moving. It just all of a sudden just started going nuts by itself and there's nothing like near him that should have set it off. Mm -hmm. So then like they're trying to figure it out and then he looks up and he thought he saw Hannah and she was standing like over like in a corner. Um, But then all of a sudden she was gone and there was nobody else over there. So it's not like he mistook somebody else for her. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he, like, looked around, and she's, like, all the way over, like, on the other side. (laughs) And he's like, I swear I just saw Hannah standing over there, but she's not over there. She's over here. (laughs) He's so unsure of it, though. Like, it could have been, because they were like, did you just see her first apparition? And he was genuinely like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I actually saw something or if my eyes were playing tricks on me or somebody was there and then they moved real quick. Mm -hmm. Like, did not know. Which I love, as opposed to somebody else uh, who <laughs> might be looking for attention and latch right on I just saw an apparition, oh my goodness, this place is certified haunted. <laughs> yeah. Makes it a little bit more believable, you know? Mm-hmm. In Harvey's Comedy Club, which I said before is the entrance to the 6th Avenue Tunnel, there's um, voices, apparitions, people have been heard walking down hallways, but there's nobody in the hallways. Employees in the basement have heard voices, movement, shadows moving, etc., all that stuff. Did I just say etc.? It's et cetera. Wow. And some employees have had experiences uh, in the basement, the shadows and the voices, and they'll like freak out and quit on the spot, never come back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the owners of the comedy club, Doug Peach, was sitting down to dinner and had a chair pulled out from under him. <laughs> Causing him to fall to the floor. Uh-oh. That's rude. That's rude and dangerous. That's not j- a joke. That's not funny. You could hurt somebody, ghost friends. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. He didn't hurt you. Maybe, I, I hope he didn't hurt you. I don't know. I don't know him. Maybe he did. Maybe he conjured a demon who's going after the good I don't know. That's fake.
1: <laughs> I made that up.
0: So that was one story he had. And then he said, like, Right before the filming of this, I think he said it was like a week or two before, was shoved hard enough uh, to fall down and required EMS to Ooh. respond. He didn't say what his injuries were, but I mean, I feel like most people don't just call 911 for nothing. So yeah. <laughs> so then Jack and Katrina, they sit down with psychic medium Sarah Limos, who does remote viewing. So remote viewing is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. The psychic is in a, a different location than the location they're trying to read. And they read it from there. And the, like, a, I guess they're like a radio antenna kind of, or maybe they're like the radio and the ghosts are the, no, she would have, if she's a radio, she would have an antenna. Scratch that. The, anyway, so they sit down with her, Sarah, the psychic, I like to call her. Because I like alliteration. So they sit down together and she does her remote viewing thing. And she has a whole bunch of warnings for these guys. For Katrina, she's like, there's a woman in uh, the Couch Street Tunnels. Uh, she was a madam. She will react violently toward women who won't work. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to provoke her, you'd go in and be like, yeah, I'm not working. Just pay me. Like, I'm not doing work. Like, She'll get upset and like, she's scratched people and she'll she'll get physical. Okay. And then she warns Jack about another woman who fell to her death in the Sixth Avenue tunnels. She warned him that this, the spirit will cause him pain, uh, particularly either in the back or the knees and uh, headaches. And then also warns of a non-human negative energy in that area. So AKA a demon after that sit down, jack does his little uh you know they do their little confessionals to the camera
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he says that since the the first time they had gone into the tunnels earlier that day for like the initial like look around he had been having pretty bad knee pain but he hadn't told anybody interesting so i thought that was interesting and then remember that she mentioned the back remember that for a minute I'm going to, it's literally going to be like in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you about it, but keep that in your head. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack's going around his section of tunnel and he's, he's, um, oh, and she told him knocking. She said there's somebody there who likes to knock. So if you go around knocking on walls, they'll knock back. So he's going around his section and he's knocking on walls. And after a few different, um, places, they suddenly, they get like a phantom knock that they can't figure out where it came from, but you can hear it. Mm-hmm on the thing so then they're looking around like where'd that come from so then they start asking questions like are you here with us blah 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 blah, all the the regular regular and then the uh the emf starts going off for no discernible reason and so then jack and the other producer austin they're like kind of wondering out loud amongst themselves like they're discussing like well what could cause it like why is it going off so high like there's nothing over here that should be setting it off like this this is like and it was like really high i guess so as they're discussing this, there's this like really loud creak that comes from somewhere nearby. And again, you can't really pinpoint mm-hmm. like where it came from, but it like you can definitely hear it. It may have been like the floorboard above them. Uh-huh. I don't know if anybody was up there or not. I feel like there shouldn't have been. But it, also, if they entered through the comedy club that's private property, they would need somebody on site to let them in and out. And for like insurance reasons too, like if if they're there and something happened and somebody got hurt, Mm -hmm. but there's nobody, like the owner's not on site or something like that. You know what I mean? Like kind of causes insurance clusterfuck, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then after that, they go back upstairs and kind of like regroup. And because of the maybe apparition from earlier, you know what else that could have been that just occurred to me? I wonder if that was like a doppelganger. Oh, we covered doppelgangers like a while back. They're some scary fucking shit. I think they're at Waverly, right? That's one of the the claims at Waverly is the doppelgangers. I think it was Waverly,
1: one of the asylums. I don't remember, or, but uh, I remember an asylum. I, I remember talking about it, but I'm not sure which one it was. They're fucking creepy. I don't, I don't, I don't like that idea. I don't want
0: to look at some creature and see myself staring back. I don't like that. But as they they go back upstairs and they're like, you know, how can we, like, trigger something? And they come to the conclusion that because the, the whatever Jack had seen or whoever he had seen, it, he thought that it was Hannah, so it looked like Hannah. So somehow this led them to think that maybe Hannah could be a trigger object. Hmm. I I wouldn't have come to that conclusion, but, I mean, it's possible. Sure, if they're like, if whoever's down there was like, oh, here's this pretty blonde girl, I'm going to pretend to be her you know maybe that'll stir some stuff up Mm -hmm. so they go back down with uh our favorite thing a Ouija board and Hannah Mm. um of course yeah yeah I don't you know what it I think it really comes down to personal preference as long as you do it correctly Mm -hmm. but most people don't use them correctly yes And especially if you don't know what you're doing, they're going to run into this in a second here. You open up, you're opening up a doorway and I feel like it's different from like a trigger object because a trigger object would be specific to that spirit, right? Yeah. Because a trigger object is something that's going to entice them to interact with it. So it's something that means something to them. So it's specific to that spirit as opposed to a Ouija board, which is just a communication device. But you don't know who you're talking to on the other end. Like it's literally, it's open for anybody. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to open up a doorway, you don't know who's coming through and they lie, especially demons. Demons lie. A demon will tell you, oh yeah, I am like Annabelle, right? Yeah. Where where the demon's telling them like, oh, I'm this, I'm this little girl. I'm eight years, I was eight years old and I'm lonely and I'm sad and can you do this so you can help me? And it was never a little girl it was a fucking demon because they fucking lie. So that's why I don't like Ouija boards. And I mean, I won't use them partially because because I don't know what I'm doing with them fully. Um, even if I did, I don't think that I would trust anything that came through on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So anyway, that tangent. So they're down there with the Ouija board and Hannah. So Hannah and Jack both have like their fingers on the planchette. They had just barely started when this harsh breath comes through the walkie talkie. Like somebody like... <sighs> yeah. On their their walkies, I think their whole group was downstairs, except for one guy who was, like, up in, like, with all the equipment, like, watching the monitors and whatever. Mm -hmm. So they go over and they're like, oh, hey, did you just breathe into your walkie? Like, did you key your walkie? And he was like, no, I haven't touched it. So it was like, well, where did that come from? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So they, they got their fingers on the planchette. That breath happened. Jack asks, are you human? And the planchette starts moving. So they each have, I think they each had like two pointer fingers on it. And you know the proper way to do it is you so lightly rest your fingers and it's going mm-hmm. to start moving on its own. They both were like, I'm not doing this. This is moving on its own. Of course we're not there. Anybody could move it and be like, it's moving on. My cousin used to do that to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not moving it, I swear. And she's spelling out like... I don't know. Ames is gonna die. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) you know? That wasn't one of them. We were like six, but (laughs) she's not writing that. But it would be something like that. And she'd be like, it's not me, I swear. (laughs) I'm like, it's not me. And now looking back, and I'm like, it absolutely was you. (laughs) Anyway, so they're both insisting it's not them. So it's moving, it goes to D, and then it goes to E. And then Jack yanks his hands back, and he's like, nope. I th- it might be about to spell out demon, and I don't want to know. Which was smart. He's mm-hmm. He cut it off. He was like, nope, we're not doing that. I mean, that I, I feel like that was a, a, a good move on his part to just, nope. Yeah. Not going to wait around to see if that's what it is. As that happened, the other producer down there with them, Austin... He leans up against a wall and he's kind of like, you guys, I got to get out of here. My kidney is really hurting. And I was like, oh shit, he's got kidney stones. That sucks. That's awful. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I got to get out of here. He's like, it's really, it's really bad. It's really hurting. So Jack's like, can I just lift up your shirt real quick and have a look? And he was like, yeah, Go ahead lifts up his shirt, there are three long vertical scratch marks running parallel to each other going right down the middle of his lower back. Ooh. And the way they are too, they're kind of curved at the top, so it looks like something took a swipe at him. Mm. You know, like if you think about like a big cat swiping their, their paw, yeah. how it kind of curves, that's what it looked like. They left after that. that. That was it for them. <laughs> Meanwhile... <laughs> Katrina's back over on her side, she's in the crib room, and she announces she needs money, and asks what she would have to do to get it. She says, do you work here And a feminine voice? Oh, so, before I get into this, so she had, uh, I've mentioned this before, I think it was Malvern Manor that she did uh, Paranormal Lockdown for, and I talked about how they had this, it was like a ghost box, but it was giant,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: instead of spitting out white noise, so it like, it takes in all of the sounds around, like, the room tone and the frequencies and radio waves and all that shit that's floating in the air. And somehow translates it into words. And okay. it sounds so fucking, it sounds so trippy. Like, it sounds like you're listening in on another dimension. Mm. Which you could be. Uh... depending on what your belief about ghosts are, (laughs) you could be listening into another dimension. So it already sounds like weird and crazy. So like everything's like echoey and stuff. So she asks, do you work here? And a female voice responds, yeah. And she says, what would I have to do for money? And then the response is sex. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then Katrina says, would you hire me? (laughs) And the voice answers, yes. I think that's pretty cool that's good to know <laughs> i can get a job here um i don't think that's how it works though i think you have to be like kidnapped and sold into it but um maybe not maybe they took volunteers i don't know uh as she was leaving the room so after that she goes to leave she walks out the door and then she stops and she goes oh my god and then she turns around and she's like It was like I just hit a wall of this really bad smell and then it was just gone. And it smelled like, quote, like rotting mixed with dog shit. End quote. Reminder, there's no breeze, there's no airflow, so there's nothing to like bring a scent by Mm -hmm. that isn't in that immediate area. So that's interesting. And then it literally it was like a second and then it was gone. It's like And then she's like sniffing around the area like, where did it go? Like trying to like nose it out and mm-hmm. it just was gone. So then she went over to the boxing area and she asked, can you tell me your name? And I shit you not, immediately you hear a man's voice say, Billy Smith. Hmm. Like that's pretty specific. Yeah. And she, like, stopped and she goes, am I crazy? I swear to God, I just heard a voice say Billy Smith. I had to rewind it, too. And I was like, did you? And I was like, yep. Clear as fucking day. So, I mean, unless it's, like, a full-on scam, you know? Like, full-on fraud. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. At that point, she got a phone call from Jack telling her about Austin with the scratch marks. Mm-hmm. And... They, they were kind of like, okay, well, we need to go then. It's time to go. We need to get out of here. They made a point of having Sarah the psychic come by to do um like a cleansing, whatever that she could to close up whatever it was that they opened. Cause mm-hmm. Jack, you could see it on Jack's face. He was kind of like, shit, we opened something that we shouldn't have. Like we let something through that shouldn't be here. Um, so, I mean, I just, said the moral of the story is don't use Ouija boards. <laughs> yeah. They do tours year-round when it's not a pandemic. And uh as of whatever the most recent information I have, I don't know if this will stay current when they open back up. They're closed right now because of COVID. Uh regular tours are $15 plus online ticketing fee it comes to $16.57 for an adult. Kids uh four to eleven are eleven dollars and thirty-seven cents. No children under four are allowed you can pay cash only on site for five dollars more 20 for an adult 15 for a child um but they are closed now through they
1: know at least through march
0: that's it that's the the portland the old portland underground aka the shanghai tunnels
1: cool so we go from we go from the happiest haunted house in america to um demon portal
0: (laughs) yeah we uh we took a turn there huh (laughs) The Happiest Haunted House to Human Trafficking, Prostitution Murder. <laughs> so that's our show, episode 54, done and, and, and posted and recorded and not in that order. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's See you all later. I got. Thanks for potting with us, you guys. Oregonian 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 (laughs) that's that that sounds like a Star Wars alien species and Oregonian
1: yes he did not he did not own one of those (laughs) it was just a newspaper (laughs) so later Henry that's good because
0: slavery in any form is uh, not okay yeah so that's a good that's a good thing (laughs) He had a child bride, but he wasn't an alien slaver. So, you know, pick and choose your battles, I guess. (laughs) I'm going to hell. Okay. My seat is reserved.